Okay. I think the church, I don't know, over the past three years, I think the church has, um, I don't know, it's been embracing the idea of change more. Um, I think we're trusting more. I think we're loving better. Um, I think people are taking uh, the kinds of risks that God is, is calling them to take with more of a, an open-handedness than they did before. It's not just been a matter of doing a lot of good things, but it's being the church. From the minute we walked in the door to the minute we left, we were treated with so much kindness. I later told Pastor it was the first church we've ever visited where we didn't feel like visitors. I feel like that's what has changed at Christ Community, us being a um, dispassionate, I mean, it sounds dorky, but like being a, a passionate people who are for the city. Like I was working on my heart and saying, you know, go do these things, get out in the community. Uh, I, you know, did a few serve days, started meeting some folks, uh, got involved with an e-group. Kind of challenges you to think about what one person can do with God behind them. Yeah, when we were looking for a church, it was really important to us to not only see the outreach in the community, but that it worked, that people actually came to know Christ because of what the church was doing. I really do like the direction that the church is going in. Um, I, it's, I, we've even noticed just within the services, there's just a different atmosphere. If we're not out there like interacting with those who don't know Jesus or have never had an encounter that was positive with Jesus, then like, what are we doing? Like we're not doing anything. So I think it's important that we get out there to show like what we're about and like show what God can do and just kind of start like breaking down those stereotypes of what like Christianity looks like and what it's supposed to be. I think we had it before that kind of an idea, but this has really, uh, this last three years has moved us in a very tangible direction to partner with, um, with ministries, to provide space for ministries, to support, to resource, to work together. We have a wall that's dedicated to highlighting different nonprofits in town under For the City Network. And it's really cool to be a place that is a nonprofit highlighting other nonprofits in that platform and having people walk in who are from connected to different areas in Greeley and seeing World Food Bank or the Resource Center or Kids Hope on the wall, Habitat for Humanity, um, and just seeing a camaraderie of bringing things together instead of trying to outdo. Church's job is to be the presence of God on the earth wherever they go. And it's not directly inside Sundays, Saturday nights. It's outside those walls. And what we're doing is addressing an opportunity for the church to be in the city that it's called to be every single day, wherever we go. The truck is the physical manifestation of the church in its place, and it doesn't look like the church. It looks like everyday Joes. It's just really cool that... Uh that Christ community can be for the community in that sense uh, that we can invite people to Zoe's, that we can have, um, you know, the food truck go out and about to, you know, uh, other places downtown. It makes us look like real people and, and uh, you know, we like food also. We like coffee also. We like, um, you know, in some cases beer also, you know, but we're, you know, 
we're just people, you know, with a heart for change, with a heart for the community, with a heart for Greeley. You know, God gets down there and he gets his hands dirty with everyone else. You know, we see Jesus walking around. Who's he, to who's he talking to? He's talking to a bunch of fishermen, you know, a bunch of everyday Joes, ordinary, everyday people. And that's what I like. It's not, it's not formal, it's people. Maybe that's why we feel so uplifted, because, you know, we feel like we're not just Christ community, we're Greeley. The heartbeat, the concept of being a part of the marketplace is, um, and, and specifically even with Zoe's, is let's, let's share our space, let's give ourselves uh, away to the idea of, of um, the community and, and the, the way in which our lives can essentially collide and, and um, share and do life together kind of thing. I like the idea of being covert Jesus followers where doing it in a way that impacts other people and then they find out why we're doing it is so exciting to me to be like a Christian ninja, you know, where you pop out of the shadows and it's like, it's Jesus. Um, it was pretty seamless and slick how we can, you know, continue to work with Network Beyond and um, their international outreach and the opportunities, and particularly the ITI ministry. Um, it is on fire. It is making a change in our world, and that is totally exciting for me. Well, we wanted to continue to increase um, the impact and grow the impact, which the International Training Institute is a great example where we were doing that before, but the number of ITIs has multiplied. About three years ago, we had 27 ITIs, and then last year we were at almost 90 ITIs, and this year we're gonna be at 90 ITIs as well. So it's been a really uh, uh, explosive growth. We've had Kenyan um, people go through the training and now they're going to countries where I've never been. And they have students that I've never met and those students have graduated and they're continuing uh, to lead this ITI in other countries. And we're not just adding new ITIs, but we're multiplying ITIs because we're multiplying leaders. One of the passions of our heart really three years ago was this sense that um, emotional brokenness, the prevalence of anxiety, depression, uh, some of these things were just rampant. We began to explore what could we do um, to kind of step into that place in a more intentional way. For me, Paths to Hope was huge. Being that my background is psychology, this was a way for me to intertwine not just my faith, but my passion for people and their heart just being there for them. This whole three-year process has been very much a faith journey. Um, we had certain expectations and desires at the start of it that uh, ended up being altered and adjusted along the way. This vision um, to have a, an influence, a presence on the West side of Greeley has been in the works for a long time. So really, if you think about it, it's been a five and a half year journey for so many here of just us kind of unveiling this vision of a West Campus and it um, then coming to fruition five years ago. And we have a lot of those people, actually a significant amount of those people that have been there Sunday after Sunday and have faithfully not only come to church at West for five years, but been a part. Um, invested themselves 
and into into the things that are going on out there. And so there were a number of things that were just emotionally difficult, honestly. The waiting, and I, if you know me, you know that I want to see things happen. I want I want to see things move. You know, we put together um, multiple options. We'd submit, they'd give us feedback. We'd resubmit, they'd give us feedback. And You know, we, I was very excited about, you know, having uh, the new campus and a new location uh, and just all of the things that, you know, the ideas that went behind it and that were gonna go into it, it was really exciting to hear about. Um, and then every time Roadblock came up, it was just, I mean, it was, it was almost like a personal blow, like, it was like someone came up and just kind of punched you in the gut, you know, like so it just came up and just took your dream away. It was a huge undertaking, a major project, something that was just beyond the scope of anything that any one of us could handle. And so we started um, asking people about, you know, resources and individuals and how we might be able to make this go forward. And actually the gentleman that was helping us with our sewer line development mentioned somebody whose name was John Goad. And so um, I looked in our database, and there was John Goad's name. I was like, what? The 36 acres and, and the challenges that we were coming up against, um, particularly with the offsite construction costs, it was just gonna be very expensive to develop that piece of property. And so it was suggested that we look further west or we look for another piece of property. And quite frankly, for leadership, that's kind of a humbling, um, endeavor to, to change after all this time and money and energy and prayer has been spent on one patch of dirt and then to even think about looking another two miles away or, or somewhere else. I have, I have seen to where senior pastors in particular would, would hang on to their idea of, of where they thought they were being led even though those consulting with them and, and others would tell them that it's not a good path but they've hung on and hung on and clung to an idea or a piece of dirt or something along those lines um, to the potential demise of their of their church so it could be serious um, we can have a vision and we do have a vision and I believe that vision is still very much in place but the way we get there what it looks like has been very much a, a journey of, of faith. So we found the 10 acres at Promontory. We're very excited about that, pursuing that at some level of, we're excited about this redirect and where this is going and then these other things happen. Um, so again, it continues just to be this, this journey of, of faith for this congregation and for us trusting that God is at work and he, he truly is leading us. The road um, is a little bumpy at times. The, the whole idea of us being passionate about reaching people for Christ has not changed. We just don't have dirt moved, right? Like we don't have an actual building or, or, or anything at this moment. But like even at the root of we're gonna have a, a West Campus, a thriving permanent place out there, was not to have a church building, right? It wasn't necessarily about a land, a piece of land or anything. It was about all the things we're talking about. It's about, now this is the best way for us to reach out to the community and to love even the west side of Greeley even better. There's this huge shift from what was just kind of this first foray into a West Greeley heartbeat that really pushed us to get outside of our downtown identity. Um, 
now it's taken us all the way to Northern Colorado. That really is Loveland, Timnath, Windsor, Fort Collins in some respects, Johnstown, uh, and also just Greeley as well. And so, um, yeah, it's pretty fun to see, pretty challenging to see uh, how our minds have really uh, probably been expanded in this last five, six years over that. I think the journey has been exciting because we had an idea of what we thought it was gonna look like, and that's changed. And I think that that's a gift because not only have our ideas been met, but we've matured on that journey. And so now we have a better idea and a better way to articulate through experiences like the food truck, through experiences like Zoe's expansions and some of the events that we've done to actually be able to articulate what we don't want it to look like. And I think that's more exciting instead of what we do want it to look like. Moving forward, there's this, this sense of clarity of, of, okay, not only just what is Christ community about? What are we about? But also just how are we gonna do it? We know who we wanna to continue to move towards, uh, at least in the next foreseeable future. I connect with, the, with Pastor Allen's changing people's stories. That's such a beautiful but simple line. And that's what God is asking us to do for him. For, for, the, for the city and beyond is, is a tagline, but it's, it's locally, it's abroad, it's wherever God's heart takes you. I don't know, like the whole thing about how we were voted as the best community activist, and it's not even a category that we were even aware of, and we didn't ask people to nominate us for. Like that's such a testament to me. It's like, oh, like, it was so encouraging to me. And like the thought in the back of my mind is like, that's the impact that Jesus has when he goes in to those areas, you know? It's like, yeah, Jesus is the best community activist. Absolutely. Um, and it's cool that we got to play that part. You know what I mean? Amen. What an amazing uh, video and uh, really an amazing opportunity. It's so fun to be here today, uh, really celebrating this significant occasion together. Um, now, in order to fully appreciate um, this moment, I want to I want to begin. I want to take us kind of back to the really the beginning uh, for the city and beyond. Reflect on that a bit. When we began this for the city and beyond journey three years ago, we were inspired by the story of Nehemiah in the Old Testament. We did a, a teaching series during that time. Nehemiah was an assistant to um, the king of Persia, and one day Nehemiah heard that his hometown, the walls of his hometown city of Jerusalem, were in disrepair, leaving the city vulnerable to attack. And so Nehemiah. Nehemiah was heartbroken about this news, and he was, he was moved, really, to do something about this situation in his hometown. Um, so he organized a group of people in that city to work together to rebuild the wall, which was a huge undertaking. The need was, was so great. And in the process, they experienced uh, rebuilding the wall. They experienced opposition, and they experienced roadblocks and difficulties and conflict and, and threats, but they persevered. They persevered. The wall was rebuilt. The strength of the city was restored. So that story, that heartbeat, was really what fueled our church to launch this For the City and Beyond vision three years ago. I mean, there are emotional, physical, financial, spiritual needs, tremendous needs 
in our community and around the world. And we felt the call of Jesus three years ago to extend his compassion to our cities, um, these, these issues, these greatest issues of, 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 uh, and pain and, and to the, heart, the heartbreaking needs across five continents and to the, the, the pursuit of a, a second regional campus for greater impact for him. I mean, these are huge things. These are all huge things. And, and we as a church, we as a church responded. You, you guys responded to that call. So for the past three years, we have been intentionally moving towards these needs. And like the people in Nehemiah, we too have experienced some challenges and some roadblocks and opposition. You know, we've experienced some frustration in our journey, but God has been so faithful. We have seen him impact the lives of literally thousands of people over the last three years. Thousands of people over the last three years. But, but even more than that, we have seen God impact our lives in this journey. Um, we're, we're a different church today than we were three years ago. We're a different church. God has grown us in ways that have incredible kingdom significance. So today, I, wanna, I want us to stop, really, and do something that the people in Nehemiah's day did, um, when their, their project was completed. In fact, this is something that we see happening throughout the Bible after significant events happen. We see God's people stopping to remember and celebrate. When you think about it, in a world like ours where everything is always moving on to the next thing, right? Everyone's moving on to the next thing where so much of our time is focused on, okay, what's next, what's next? In, in that kind of a world, there's something significant about us choosing to stop and reflect on the last three years and to acknowledge what God has done and then to take some time to thank him for that. So that is what we're doing today. That's what we're doing today. You've already experienced some people sharing a little bit in the video their perspective of the last three years. And so I wanna take some time here and share what I'm grateful about today as I look back and think about the last three years. And by the way, even if you're new to Christ community and you're sitting there thinking, what is he talking about? I don't know what he's talking about. You know, if you're relatively new to Christ community, that is, this is such a cool weekend to be here because you're going you're gonna to be inspired. You're going to be excited to hear about what God is doing at this church. So I want to start with something that honestly blows me away about our church, and that is the generosity that you as a church and we as a church have demonstrated. The amount of money given to this vision over the past three years was by far the most ever given in the history of this church. And we have a 110-year history. <clears throat> this is amazing. <clears throat> it's amazing to me especially considering the fact that this was not our first rodeo. You know, if you've been around here for a while, you know we as a church have been involved in some type of three-year financial campaigns for the, for the past, at least the past 15 years. It's probably more than that if we actually figured it out. But it's at least the past 15 years, right? Which in the church world is unheard of. It is unheard of in the church world, this idea of back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back campaigns. Every one of them had a significant purpose to, to impact more people for Jesus, and every time this church stepped up, you stepped up every time, and even more so in this last journey that comes to a conclusion today. 
So if you would take just a moment and look at the card, I didn't bring one up here with me, but there's a card in your newsletter that you were handed. There's a lot of great information on there. I'm not going to I'm not going to talk about a lot of specifics there. You can look at that later. But I did want you to notice there on that card, look at those numbers. The actual total of the the money that has been invested in this vision, the actual total over the last three years is over $4.2 million. And more is still coming in. That's in addition to all that you have invested and we have invested just in, in our ministry, regular ministry budget. And this is amazing. It's amazing, really. But, but let, me, let me keep going on this because God is, God is doing something here. <clears throat> generosity, <clears throat> generosity is a significant indicator of God's activity in people's lives. It is. So think about that in light of what we're seeing here. In the last three years, we have had 904 families and businesses contribute to For the City and Beyond. I mean, that is, that is awesome. That represents well over 1,500 of you. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. For those of you who have invested in this, thank you so much for giving. Yeah. <clears throat> over, in the last three years, over 500 of you have given, gave to this church for the first time, which is so cool. During the last three years, in our, our Financial Peace University classes, over $300,000 of non-mortgage debt was paid off. Um, we, we had, in, in the past three years, we had young children contributing to the For the City and Beyond vision. We had people making incredible sacrifices in order to be a part of this vision. And this is about so much more than just amounts of money given. This is about how God is growing our hearts in generosity. That's a big deal. That's worth celebrating. In a world where there is so much focus on materialism and consumerism and spending money on ourselves, I look at these generosity, generosity numbers and am blown away. I am blown away by the goodness of God and by the way he is growing our hearts as a church by loving him more and more. That's what generosity reflects. We're loving God. We're growing in our love for God and our worship of God in a tangible way. So that's so, so cool. Yes, it's so cool. Amen. So that's just one area to celebrate. Um, there, there's so many more fill my heart with joy when I think about the last three years. So the international impact of our church over the past three years is huge. Look at that number on the card there. Look at the number of leaders trained. 7,168, or excuse me, 186, I think. Are, I mean, are you kidding me? 7,000, over 7,000 leaders, over 7,000 church leaders were trained through our International Training Institute, what we call ITI. Now, I remember years ago, I remember years ago talking with some, some other people about the need for leadership training in places where these leaders cannot afford seminary. They're in countries where they cannot afford these things. And we began to dream, wouldn't it be cool if we as a church could put together like a seminary on wheels where we could go to them and we would offer them biblical training, practical training to some of these international leaders that we knew. And so we started with just one ITI a few years ago and we thought that was pretty cool. Over the course of the last three years, there have been 156 ITIs, and nine more are happening this month, just this month. And here's what I celebrate more than anything else. Because we designed this training to be reproducible, we now have three generations of leaders 
who have been through our ITI, and they are now doing their own ITIs, taking this training to parts of the world that we are unable to reach. So the impact is not just linear. The impact is exponential. We are seeing a movement of leadership development over the last, and the last three years have really just increased the momentum in a dramatic way. We've had ITIs over the last three years. We have, IT, have had ITIs in 10, Af, 10 African nations, in Egypt, in faraway Burma, throughout Latin America, including Cuba, and also in Europe. Now, now why is this leadership development piece so significant? Well, think about this. It's because leaders influence others. So training 7,000 leaders means 10 times that amount of people being influenced for Christ. I mean, because of For the City and Beyond, our church was able to launch a ministry in an area of the world that's hostile to the gospel. There's a place where, it's a place where there is not a single church. And now, because of For the City and Beyond, there are a few new followers of Christ there. And there's a second initiative that's going to be, that's in the works I mean, praise God for the global impact of For the City and Beyond over the last three years. It is astounding, really, when I think about it. Just this church in Greeley, Colorado, of all places, it is astounding that God has given us the, the opportunity to be a vital part of fueling a movement like this. But it is not only the international ministry stuff that fills my heart with joy. I'm so thankful for what God has done locally these past three years through this For the City Beyond Vision. It is hard to know where to start here, but let me just share a couple of things that I am so grateful for. When we launched For the City and Beyond three years ago, one of the areas that, um, that really was stirring in my heart was just emotional and, and mental health, really. Um, the prevalence of anxiety, depression, suicide. And we wanted to do something. We wanted to do something to help people, something that was beyond counseling. And counseling is important. It is important. And we encourage people to seek counseling. But we also realized that, that often people just need a friend. They just need someone to kind of walk alongside them in their struggles. And so in the last three years, an amazing leadership team at our church created this Paths to Hope ministry, which now has trained 28 mentors who are able to walk alongside of people who are struggling. We have 136 people that have already been helped by this ministry. 300 others have received inner healing prayer through our, through our Hope Abounds prayer ministry. But, but the needs in our community go beyond emotional Issues, As we acknowledged um, at the start of this journey, there are so many areas where compassion is needed um, with people coming out of gangs, people experiencing poverty and homelessness and all of that stuff. And, and, and we, we also realize that one of the best ways to move towards these needs is to partner with other organizations who share this same heartbeat. So, so as we began to more intentionally focus on that, God opened a door for something really cool to happen, um, and that was the formation of a nonprofit organization, a nonprofit ministry, a 501c3 that we are calling For the City Network. 
So again, For the City Network is a 501c3 that we have created for the purpose of partnering with other organizations and churches to meet these needs in our community, in the areas of poverty and homelessness and refugees and children and families. See, we are better together than trying to do this on our own, right? Um, and we've already seen some, just some wonderful partnerships form with Habitat for Humanity and with other churches working together to serve our community. See, we as a church have helped organize an initiative. One of the things I'm super excited about, we've helped organize an initiative to encourage and establish partnerships between schools and churches. So we now have 24 schools that have a specific church that has adopted it, which is so cool. Our goal is to have every school in the city adopted by a church. So in, in, our, in our church, we have three particular schools that we have, we have, we have adopted, we're partnering with. And our church has, over the last um, three years, we have provided parenting classes, we've provided backpacks, we have pr provided tutoring, all sorts of other practical support for children and families. See, the, the For the City Network, For the City Network is pretty new, but its impact is already being felt. So For the City Network, you'll hear that a lot, Those, that, 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 word, that, that now is our church's missional outreach arm in our community for the city network. That is our missional outreach arm, and it's helping encourage other organizations and churches in this vision. I mean, everyone talks about how cool it would be for churches to work together and how cool it would be for church unity. For the city network is making that happen. It is making that happen. And so I am so thankful. I'm so thankful for what God has done. Now, another huge area that I also want to celebrate is, is a, it's a focus that we have in this whole thing that we refer to as marketplace ministry, marketplace ministry. So when we started this journey three years ago, we wanted to intentionally explore what it would look like to bridge the gap between the sacred and the secular, you know, bringing Jesus into the ordinary places where people live and work. And so we wanted to see how the marketplace and how businesses could be strategically leveraged for the kingdom of God. So over the past three years, we have seen some really cool things happening in this regard. You saw in the video, our everyone's table food truck, that is happening because of For the City and Beyond. That's the only, that's what funded it. That's what is making it happen for the city and beyond. We have Christian business leaders who are now meeting regularly to explore together how to better leverage their businesses for the kingdom. I mean, for too long, for too long, Christians have limited the kingdom to church activities, right, and ministries. Oh, if it's in the church, that, that's, that's spiritual, but these other things are not. No, no, we've done that too long. God is wanting all, all of us to see, he wants us to see all of life as a thin place, which we talked about last week, right? All of life as a place where we can experience his kingdom. And the last three years have given us a taste of how powerful that can be, how powerful that can be. I mean, without For the City and Beyond, we would not be seeing the inroads um, that, we, that, that have been made in the marketplace. We would not be seeing that without this three-year journey. So again, we want to just celebrate what God has done. 
One, one final area that I want to just share about relates to what's happened over the past few years or three years regarding our vision for a permanent West Campus. Um, I mean, talk about an area where we have experienced challenges and roadblocks and what has sometimes felt like opposition. Um, you heard some of that earlier in the video. But when we launched for the city and beyond on this journey, a crucial part of this vision was to multiply God's influence in this growing region by building a permanent West Campus on 35 acres of land that we were given um, on the corner of 83rd Avenue and 10th Street. So having two permanent campuses, one out west and one here at 15th Street, will, will significantly increase our ability to impact this region with the gospel. So our vision for this new campus, it included this marketplace heartbeat, you know, creating space where people can hang out and kind of do life and green space and gathering places and all that stuff. So as we began to move forward in this vision, the infrastructure costs uh, to get the land to where we needed it to be in order to build, they increased significantly. So that the sewer line, the sewer line alone nearly doubled from when we started. And the most recent estimate was, was costing over $2 million. Um, in addition, we met with several developers to find a strategic partner, but no one expressed interest in this project within the timetable we needed and, and with the infrastructure costs that, where they were at. And so honestly, it was pretty discouraging. But I also felt, I just felt all along this, this confidence that, that God is in control and that God is leading us. He has led us in so many ways over the past as a church, and he is still leading us. So after a lot of, after a lot of prayer, a lot of processing, we decided to explore other properties to see if there might be a better property for this vision. And last summer, uh, we found 10 acres um, at Promontory by State Farm, which already has all the infrastructure in place. Um, plus, it has amazing green space. There's a beautiful park that would be adjacent to this property. And so with congregational approval last September, we began to pursue the purchase of that property. We made an offer that was actually less than the price of the sewer line. Yay. Um, and we officially entered into a contract. Everything seemed to be going really well until it was discovered about... Uh, three or four months ago, it was discovered that because this 10 acres is in a metro district, the approved uses did not include non-taxpaying entities like churches. So for the past few months, we have been diligently working with the city to get churches added to their list of approved users at this site, which, which, um, which um, requires, it will require uh, city council approval, ultimately. And so we're in the process of presenting this to the planning commission and then to city council. We're in that process. And honestly, we don't really know how the council will vote on this. It honestly could go either way. So we are, we are very much, all of us, we're just in this posture of waiting. And I hate to wait, you know? Uh, I just hate to wait. I like to get things done. I like to keep things moving forward. And yet, I feel like um, I'm starting to see how this whole process of the last three years has actually been good for me personally. Um, it's been good for me personally. I've discovered um, really that God is still at work even in the waiting. He is still at work even in the waiting.
That's what this whole celebration is about, seeing all that God has done, even on certain, in, in, when we're waiting on certain things. And so I really feel like my faith, my faith in God has deepened over the past three years. Now, at some level, this is out of my hands, you know? It really is out of my hands, and I think God wanted to remind me of that. Um, I've also discovered that in times of waiting, and maybe you've experienced this too, but in times of waiting, our hearts are often open to exploring options that we hadn't even seen before, right? And that, I feel like, is what has happened here, or it seems to be happening in this situation. If, if the promontory property purchase goes through, I believe it's actually a better property for our vision. It is still, it's, it's still included in Greeley, but it also provides a wonderful location to have an even bigger regional impact in terms of Johnstown and Windsor and, and Loveland. Um, so the, the number of people in this whole region, huge, the potential impact. And get all of this is in the Lord's hands. It's in the Lord's hands. But I do know, regardless of how all of this plays out, whether we get that or not, regardless of how it plays out, God is still at work in us, and he wants to use us to impact this region through the power of his love. So to me, this is all worth celebrating. God is faithful. He continues to lead us and use our church to impact the lives of thousands of people. Thousands of people. Okay, now I'm sure some of what I've said has probably raised some questions about the future um, and where we're headed. I've got questions too, actually. Um, and, and we're definitely going to talk about those things, just not today. Um, you have to come back next week. Okay. Um, in fact, many of you received an email from me a few weeks ago asking what questions you have about all of this. And thank you for your questions that you sent. And they show us that, that we're in this together and that you, you care about, you have ownership in the future and we're, as we're trying to, that we're trying to talk about um, today. And so, so next week, next week, our goal is to try and answer the questions that we know people have. We're gonna share about the future of Christ's community. Where is God taking us as a church? You will want to be here next week as well. But again, today is a day to stop and celebrate all that God has done in us and through us over the past three years. So let's do that. We're going we're gonna to take some time to sing praise to God, just to express our praise through song. I mean, as a way to transition into that, I want us to stand, if you would, please stand with me. And we're going to just declare together um, uh, a reading that's based on 1 Chronicles chapter 29, where David is giving praise to God for all that he has done through the generosity of God's people. And so this is part of his prayer there. And I want us to, to not just read this out loud, I want us to, to uh, declare this and to let this be part of our expression of praise to God, okay, for who he is and all that he has done. So read this out loud. Let's praise God out loud together here. Here we go. Praise be to you, O Lord, God of our Father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. 
Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name for all that you have done in us and through us. Amen. God, thank you. We praise you for who you are. Set us free right now to exalt you through song. We are so grateful, so grateful for who you are and all that you're doing in and through us, God. And so we declare your praise right now. We love you. We love you.